Traveling for college hoops this year? Pro tip, stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each Graduate Hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni, nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns, and get this, you can save up to 30% off with code Doug. That's my name, Doug. Good at any Graduate Hotel location, anytime up to 30% off. So, here's what you do. Book your stays at graduatehotels.com. That's graduatehotels.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, we already have a Cinderella. Welcome in. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there in unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So much to get to. John Morant continues to be in the news. The aftermath of the Aaron Rodgers wants to be a Jet story continues because still nothing official from the the Jets or Packers on a completed trade. But Aaron Torres, we start with a Cinderella that is dressed up as the Furman Paladins. Furman with the upset of Virginia in the first round of the NCAA tournament. 13 beats a four. Deja vu all over again. So uh, first thing I thought is these poor people driving around in their cars, are they thinking that they're listening to some replay from previous years, you know, Virginia losing early in the NCAA tournament? I have a question for you, Dan, just off the top, and I know there's a lot of John Morant and Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson to talk about, but we are coming on after, you know, a a pseudo-monumental upset. My question is, you say we have our first Cinderella. Do we have ourselves a Cinderella, or do we have – what is Virginia? You can't say they're overrated, 
But I, I don't know what we call Virginia. They, they won a national championship. They're, they consistently put themselves in. But, but can you call Furman a Cinderella when everyone all week said this was going to happen? And, oh, by the way, in the last, in the last four NCAA tournaments that Virginia has been part of, they've lost in the first round of three of them. I don't, I'm not saying – listen, they've, they've had a great run. Tony Bennett's a great coach. Um, this isn't the hot take. He's the worst thing that's ever happened to college basketball. But – I don't know what to call Virginia at this point, if that makes sense, Dan. I, I'll, I'll say this. This is me coming clean two minutes into the show. I didn't know what term to use to call the upset, so I just used Cinderella. In terms of phrasing what Furman is and, and what this win is, we use Cinderella so much. It is one win. It's a really big upset. But in terms of, uh, of in, in the fashion of using other terms, I just didn't have any uh, coming to mind. So I used Cinderella for, for, the, for the argument, you know, for the sake of this argument. That's in no way, shape, or form a criticism of you. It's just a... Uh, is it, you know, it's an upset by Vegas sportsbook odds and by seeding in this tournament, but this is almost, I guess, what we've come to expect from Virginia. You know, I mean, listen, you know, uh, for people who aren't college basketball historians, last year they didn't make the tournament. 2021, they lost in round one as a four seed, or a, a five seed, I believe, but, but they lost in round one in 2021 as a single-digit seed to a double-digit seed. 2020, there was no tournament. 2019, you win the national championship. 2018, you lose as a number one seed. So th- that was definitely in no way, shape, or form a criticism of you or your verbiage because the point I'm trying I, – I don't know what to call Virginia. They're just this program that exists in its own place because you can never take away that national championship. It happened. The trophy's in the trophy case in Charlottesville forever. But I do feel like at this point – Am I crazy to say it feels more like that? Uh, by definition, right, a national championship is an outlier season. And obviously losing as a number one seed in the NCAA tournament in the opening round is certainly an outlier season because it's only happened once in the history of the tournament. But it feels like the bigger outlier at this point has to be considered winning six straight games in March. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. And this is... This is who Virginia is, and it's it's again. I know it's the style that they play, and, and the reason that I say the style is it's when you when you're not scoring as much as as you are, um, and maybe your team isn't as offensively skilled. Like there's no Ty Jerome or Kyle Guy on you know on this Virginia team that you know bailed them out of a, a lot of situations. You you have the opportunity to be up upset because there's just not as many points being scored the the thing about virginia and i think their national championship run even proves it is think about that run think about the games that they had to win just to get to the final four i mean the purdue game was lost and and the thing that was ringing in my head and if you're driving around and if you're maybe you're at work listening on the app and you don't see it Virginia was up by three, hit a free throw to go up four. Furman came down, uh, foul called, made some free throws. And Virginia uh, up two, inbounded the ball to Kihei Clark. And Clark was trapped with a timeout. And instead of using the timeout or trying to throw the ball off of a Furman defender out of bounds, he just chucked it down court, thinking that he had a player that was wide open. A Furman defender was there, intercepted the pass, threw it ahead, and then they hit a 25-footer to go up by one with two seconds left. 
But but remember the pass that Clark had to um, yes. uh, was it Diakite? Was that? Um, I believe you're correct. Yes, on the game winner against Purdue. I mean, like the you know the he has the ball and he throws a pass that somehow got through. So you want to talk about inches? There's uh-huh. two situations where crazy passes just by Clark in this span, 2019 and 2023. One ends up working out in amazing fashion. And then you consider how they beat Auburn on the free throws by Kyle Guy on the foul on the three, which I do think was a foul, but the point is is they needed three free throws with under a second to go to win that game. And then, you know, you beat Texas Tech in a close win in the national title game. Like well, Even that run was all, you know, so many close games it could have gone either way. Well, and even the Texas Tech game, and, and this is a credit to Virginia for hitting a big shot, but – I think people forget Virginia was down with 20 seconds to go in that game to Texas Tech. It, it was crazy during uh, the pandemic when we were all sitting home. You know, CBS started replaying all those games. And I know at that point it was only a year separated. But you forget Texas Tech had the lead with with, you know, 20 seconds to go. Virginia ties it. It goes to overtime. So first off, I'll say this is that. Those two things were the exact thoughts that I had watching this unfold was Kia Clark makes the miracle pass. Uh, I guess it was five years ago now four you know, four March Madnesses ago, whatever. Um, and it ends up resulting in one of the greatest moments in not just Virginia history, but tournament history as well. And to see it come full circle. And, you know, I'll be interested if we get any audio from Kihei Clark, because I wonder if that was kind of the thought process is just throw it up. Right. Like, you know, if you're coached, um, at times, just get it down court because by the time, even if you, even if your guy isn't there, by the time they get it back and do, whatever. So that was one thought, and then two. Again, you never take away that championship, but every team has breaks along the way to win one. Uh, it felt like Virginia had a lot of break. I don't know if it's more than anybody's ever had or whatever, but there were two or three games that could have ended in a completely different manner that ended up going the, the Cavaliers' way. Yeah, their, their lack of success in the tournament and how they've lost these first-round games does overshadow that tournament title. It does. Like It isn't uh, Virginia can go on a run. Uh, it's, all right, who is Virginia going to lose to? And, it, you know, you mentioned it. They... The game against Ohio that they lost two years ago. Uh, I re- remember it well because I had Virginia, I think, going far in the bracket and just watching that game and being like, man, this is another struggle. Here we go again. And in this one, you know, they, I'll, I'll, to talk scenarios with you, to kind of just quick sidetrack off of this, we were watching the game before the show, and uh, Clark's on the line, and they're up three, and there's 12 seconds to go. And I know you want to go up for you want to go up two possessions, right? That's the that's the main main goal. But I just I said to the guys, I go, I wonder if being up three is better than being up four. Mm-hmm. And the reason I brought it up was because if you miss, Furman's got the ball down three, they are not in any hurry to score because they can three can tie it, maybe Virginia fouls and you're you know in the same situation. But the point being is Furman pushed tempo down four, got the bucket to two, which then allowed them to get in their press and play defense. I know it's – I just wonder if they were down three, what Furman would have done in that scenario. Do you go quick two or do you play for the three? I just think that you probably play for the three in that scenario. So, well, I know you want to go up two possessions, but it just seems like it sped up Furman knowing that they were – 
they were now two possessions away, and in the end, it ended up working out for them. No, zero doubt. And, you know, there was, listen, there was a lot of things that, that broke their way, but, but the, the Kihei Clark, uh, you know, errant pass is the one that I think is going to just be played over and over and over again. Um, and, you know, you, you obviously, and listen, you know, I can be critical of Virginia while also feeling bad for him in that moment. Again, I think he was probably coached to, uh, you know, to, t- to toss that ball just down the court, hope your teammate's there. And if not, uh, you know, again, it gets tipped or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Virginia has to uh, scram, or, you know, um, Furman has to scramble to get a shot. But um, this is just. It's still wild, Dan, because to me, you know, and you and I were on yesterday for Cavino and Rich, and, and you spend so much time looking at this bracket and talking about this bracket, but this was a game that everybody, I mean, you and I were on the, the Selection Sunday call on Sunday, and I think this was a game that we talked about as a potential upset special. So um, it, it's both um, not surprising because everyone kind of saw it coming, but the way that it unfolded, uh, and I will say, as critical as I've been, you do feel bad for those players. You do feel bad for that coaching staff to see a season come to an end like that. This show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. If you're just joining us, uh, Furman with the upset of Virginia on a three with 2.2 seconds left. 2.4, actually. They added a little time for Virginia uh, on the final possession which uh, their game-winning attempt did not fall, but all because of the turnover by Kihei Clark and the just I – mean, it was just a blind throw that he mm-hmm. threw basically. It was almost like a hook shot that he just chucked down court and uh, Furman was able to intercept. It overshadows the game that you had against Maryland and West Virginia in an 8-9 matchup, which lived up to the seed billing as Maryland escapes with a victory. Virgi- uh, West Virginia had an opportunity to win the game on a three, but their uh, attempt was off the mark. It looked on line on TV, but uh, a little off the mark, but uh, Maryland ends up escaping with a two-point win. And then the game that was kind of... Uh, I think people wanted to pick the lower ups, uh, the lower seed in the bracket, and the lower seed ended up being favored entering this game. Utah State, the 10th seed right now, is taking a lead over Missouri, 49-47, with 10:45 left to go in that uh, contest. I, I do have one very important question before we get to our first break. How's your bracket doing, Dan? You want to complain <laughs> about your bracket at all? Yeah. I, I did pick Furman to win, but it was canceled out because I had West Virginia beating Maryland. Yes. So, like, every, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are probably one and one right now in their bracket, and I just I just took the uh, the scenic route to get there. That feels like a Jay Stu, uh, you know, tweet of uh, the number of people tweeting, oh, there goes my million dollars. I guess I'm out of the million dollar brackets. What do you got, Jay Stu? Uh, I'll, 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 say, I'll say this, that um, – in oh geez, I completely blanked on what I was going to say. Oh, I will say this because now I've remembered what I said. This Utah State game, you want to know? I, I was down to the, you know, wire and who do you pick? Missouri, Utah State. I have Arizona winning the next game anyway. I think like a lot of people do. But you know what? Weighed in heavily on my final decision of picking Missouri, despite them being the underdog. Ooh, what is, is that? Nevada's performance last night in the first four? New Mexico gets bounced from the NIT. Now I'm wondering, how good is this Mountain West Conference? You know, you watch these teams and you're watching them, you know, beat up on each other. Obviously, San Diego State, uh, if they can get past Charleston, will get Furman in the next round. But it was that that weighed in, how Nevada got destroyed by Arizona State last night. 
And I know it's not a lot to take from the NIT, but still, um, New Mexico ended up losing in their game. So I'm like, you know what? Late night decision, Aaron, had me go Mizzou in this game because the Mountain West has a little stigma of not performing well. And even though they had a bunch of teams in the tournament, uh, four to be exact, uh, so far the postseason hasn't uh, gone great for that conference. Well, it's interesting, you know, not to nerd out too hard on the Mountain West, but San Diego State, who, you know, is playing right now, they'll they'll play College of Charleston. The winner will now play Furman. Um, You know, they have been the gold standard in that league, and their head coach, Brian Dutcher, took over in the 2017-2018 season. He's still looking for his first NCAA tournament win, and I saw some stuff from their players this week about how how important it is for for them to get that proverbial monkey off his back. So you just think about a a team that has dominated that conference having no success. Um, It'll be interesting, and it's obviously topical because of the fact that they are set to tip off next. And I think Boise plays pretty soon, too, against Northwestern. So, you know, it it is an inconceivable, you know, all all four teams could be done by about the – basically by the time we're we're off air here tonight. Boise-Northwestern a little later on tonight. So it's 7.30 tip, but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll get a real good – look at the Mountain West. And plus, John Ramos is our Mountain West insider. Right. Uh, he's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. In for Doug Gottlieb today. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver airport? 
Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in. Glad to have you with us on this day that so many of us sports fans absolutely love as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So uh, the game's going on right now. Kansas actually has just beaten Howard. So the Jayhawks move on in that 116 game. It is a final 96-68. Get Eric Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. We'll keep you updated on what's happening in the tournament. But Aaron, uh, we got to talk some NBA, okay? Because there was a topic that came up uh, yesterday, and it was about John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. And this news was that the NBA was suspending John Morant for eight games for conduct detrimental to the league. This is on the heels of the video at the uh, strip club in Denver less than two weeks ago showing Morant flashing a gun with his shirt off at the strip club on social media. Uh, It was taken down, but still the damage had been done. So John Morant didn't play in their next game against the Clippers and and hasn't played since that incident. But he is eligible to come back as soon as Monday. And while he may not play Monday, uh, ESPN reports that his return to the Grizzlies lineup uh, could come soon after that. And so as the suspension comes down yesterday, I felt that we were on the same page that I, I didn't really think that it was that severe of a penalty being eight games. And, and, and I, I think you felt the same way when some of that time was already served. Well, not only that, but again, to, to a point that I made yesterday when we were filling in for Cavino and Rich, um, two of those games, the initial two-game suspension was from the Memphis Grizzlies. And so, you know, for, for the NBA to want to pretend that they are coming down on, you know, at, at best, you know, really, really, really dumb behavior, uh, at worst, much more, um, you know, I think it's a little bit laughable. And I think what it, what is also laughable is, listen, I, I can't speak for John Morant. I don't know who he is, what he's about, who his influences are. But the idea that he feels the need to, you know, go on on TV and, and listen, I, I know there's PR people that are making these decisions for him and it's not totally him. But listen, if, if this is who you want to be and this is the image that you want to project, I, I, we can agree, we can disagree, whatever. 
But to go on TV and pretend as though 11 days away from your team and the sport has somehow, you know, changed you fundamentally as a human being, I just it's annoying and and like borderline offensive to people who you know deal in the mental health space and he went to therapy or he went to rehab and whatever blah 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 so i know we're going to dive into all this but you know the narrative that that listen that somehow um this is all that he has learned some amazing life lesson by being away for 11 days like spare me if 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 this is who you are if this is how you want to act that's fine but Stop telling me that this has somehow changed your life in any tangible your, way. Your wife uh, works in the mental health field. Correct, yes. And so, so there's, there's connection to it. And yesterday uh, when we spoke, and I, I feel the same way today, of just I think the, the message that Ja Morant went and, and sought help. I'm, I'm not saying Ja Morant isn't stressed. I'm not saying that Ja Morant, um, you know, isn't maybe dealing with, you know, anxiety or, or things in his life. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's the fact that you tell us that he goes and seeks treatment. Yes. And uh, this is this whole thing has been going on for 12 days. So to think that you're going to, you know, fix yourself and change yourself in 12 days is 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 a joke and i i find that disrespectful to to anybody who had sought treatment for addiction or had sought treatment for you know uh, mental health issues um you know and dealing you know maybe in, in grieving and dealing with a loss like doesn't take 12 days it, it, it takes a lot longer than that you're not going to just wrap things up and the problem that i had was it felt like they and and i say they because i think it's john morant i think it's his people but i really think it's the nba I think it's the the NBA is really trying to fast track John Morant through all of this. So this is in the rearview mirror, and he's available for the Memphis Grizzlies in the playoffs, and that they have one of their young stars available on their biggest stage. And I think that that is atrocious. And and it it raised another level after you and I uh, were doing the show yesterday because, as you mentioned, John Morant – did a sit-down interview with ESPN. And listen, I know ESPN's a competitor. Um, the, there are things that are going to be said by myself and probably Aaron, I don't want to speak for you, um, that, that aren't sour grapes because they're not our competitor. What, the problem that I have with the interview is it's propaganda. This was, this was a part. And, and by the way, if you're thinking it was Jeremy Schapp doing the interview, or you're thinking it was maybe Bob Lee or... Malika Andrews, the host of NBA Today. No. Jalen Rose did the interview. Um, here's a snippet of Jalen Rose meeting with John Morant on ESPN yesterday. For you yesterday. at that moment, what were you thinking and whose gun were you holding? I was felt like, you know, I was releasing stress and I felt like it was healthy for me, and, which it wasn't. And that caused me to do some things that, you know, I shouldn't have. You know, the gun wasn't mine. It's not who I am. I don't condone and you know any type of violence, um, but I take you know full responsibility you know for my actions. I and mean, I can see uh, the image you know that I, I painted you know over myself you know with my recent mistakes. But you know in the future I'm gonna show everybody who Ja really is. In the past we didn't we didn't know what was at stake, mm-hmm. and now you know finally me having that time um, to you know realize everything, having that time days. alone, I realize that now. I realize you know what I have to lose. 
You know, I can't wait to be back out there on the floor now, you know, knowing what my punishment is. And, you know, I accept that. And, you know, I feel like I deserve, you know, that punishment for, you know, my mistakes and, you know, what I did. But um, when I get back out there, you know, I'm going to be ready to go and ready, you know, push for a ring. Yeah, because that's the most important. Yeah, let's get that title, Jock. Go get that title. Um, unbelievable. Quickly, quickly, a point that you brought up yesterday. Um, the gun stuff is, like, obviously really bad, right? Like, like you know, and, and again, I've, I've said this a few times, but I've seen our colleague Plaxico Burris talk about his decisions that he made when he was young, and I thought he spoke very eloquently about how one decision like that can change your life. But I, I, I think because the gun scene was – the gun thing was so visual, it was literally on Instagram, screen grabs everywhere. Let's not undersell that this is not the only incident, Dan, for which he was asked to step away or he chose to step away. You brought up the thing yesterday with the Indiana Pacers where somebody from his crew uh, is driving around slowly towards the Indiana Pacers bus with a red light that appears to be a gun and it appeared to be an intimidation factor uh, uh, tactic. Excuse me. We don't we can't forget about the fact that, oh, by the way, according to a Washington Post report, John Morant is alleged to have pulled a gun on a 17 year old or at least tried to, you know, um, emotionally intimidate him like that's the part that I think is getting lost because we all saw the gun video in the club, in the strip club, whatever you want to call it, at five o'clock in the morning. I think we're, we're making it solely about this, where this is clearly a pattern of behavior. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a whatever. But my guess is, um, you know, that this is... Um, a pattern of behaviors that appears to have been building over the course of a two, three, four year period. We never heard anything about this coming out of college when he entered the NBA. And so again, back to the main point that we're trying to make, um, you know, these don't strike me as behaviors because it's not just, you know, a legal possession of a firearm or whatever. It's also, you know, showing up at people's work to try to intimidate them. It's mm-hmm. also a number of different things, yep. anger management, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't get solved in 11 days by stepping away. And, and this isn't, Dan, you're a parent. This isn't putting your kid in timeout for 10 minutes to think about what they did wrong. This is a pattern of behaviors that, that we know dates back at least a year. One of the allegations in the Washington Post was from last summer. So this doesn't get solved in 11 days, point over, rant over. That, yeah, that's no, it's, and, and, and I'll say this, like, it's, it's not getting lost. It's trying to be swept under the rug by the yes. NBA and their broadcast partner. Correct. Like, that's, this is what was, what was so shocking visually to me on, on the interview. And again, I, listen, you had the question there. There was no follow-up. Those, there were snippets of the interview that you heard. We tried to make it uh, as succinct uh, to prove the point. But there was no follow-up by Jalen Rose to say, well, whose gun was it then? I know. There was none of that. He just said it wasn't my gun. So it's, you know, wasn't my gun, but I accept full responsibility. I'm not saying that he has to snitch. It's the point of there is this optic that the NBA and now their broadcast partner are being complicit in trying to sweep this under the rug and move on so Jaws' image doesn't take as much of a hit as it has over the last two weeks. And that's what's so appalling about it. You know, like it's – 
it, it really feels like they're trying to move this on and and Ja has learned that's why the farce of the of the therapy and the the you know the sessions that he's been dealing with it hasn't even been two weeks since this happened and he's already going to be back on the court maybe as soon as Monday like that just if that was David Stern do you think David Stern would have Ja in his office and I know David Stern has passed on but it, it, when he was commissioner do you think that David Stern would be like you know what Ja we have your back we support you Heck no. That is the last thing that David Stern would have said to his player. But that's what John Morant said in the interview yesterday. Oh, by the way, that interview was shot in the afternoon. And that bothered me so much, Aaron, because you know what it told me is that the NBA and ESPN says, you know what, Jaws coming in, we're going to have this, uh, we're going to have a meeting, he's going to meet with the commissioner. Oh, by the way, you can immediately interview him at 2 o'clock Eastern time in the afternoon so we can get his story out there, and then this is good for you, this is good for us, we can move this on. That is garbage. You know, like I, I see it and I see daylight, and I'm like, wait a second, did, did he just go down the hall from Adam Silver's office and then do this interview with with Jalen Rose? And I know Jalen Rose had the viral rant about who John Morant is. That's just not the guy that you want or the person that you want there asking the questions. Jalen Rose isn't a journalist. Jalen Rose is a former NBA player there to give you thoughts on what's happening in the games and, by the way, to give you thoughts on John Morant, not to ask John Morant what is going on. And so the whole this whole charade of them trying to move on, and I'm saying them, meaning the NBA, and using ESPN, their broadcast partner, to help them do this is just it's appalling. I don't, I don't, I don't want John Morant to be suspended for the rest of his life in the NBA. That is not the goal. I think that John Morant deserves a second chance. I don't think that he deserves a second chance after 11 days ago flashing a gun in a strip club in Denver. I just don't think that that's that is not. And and for them to move on, that's what I get worked up in talking about this because it's just so it's just so obvious what they're trying to do and really just isn't fair or right. It's not even it's not even right by John Morant. Yes, that's what I was going to say. You know, so it, it that's just... ex- no, that's exactly what I was going to say. Was and, and you know, I, I probably haven't articulated this well enough. Um, but you know, what jo- whatever John Morant does, like okay, it's your life. You choose whatever. I think the two things that kind of bother me is John Morant trying to claim that he has somehow um, you know done a complete life one eighty in a in a less than two week period based off of all this stuff. But it's also exactly what you just said, is the NBA being complicit in, you know, allowing the behavior is not the right word, but but to essentially um, minimize the behavior, I think, is the right word, to sweep it under the rug, as you said. Because here's the other thing that I was thinking about while you were talking about that, Dan, is that you, you, you referenced the late David Stern. Um, and, you know, being a leader is doing things that are unpopular, that, that don't make your constituents happy, but you do it because it's for the good of the person, the team, the league, whatever. Well, Adam Silver is all about projecting, um, I care about these players. It's about them. They go first. And what is one thing that he has talked about repeatedly? Mental health. And again, mental health is a very serious subject. I'm not claiming to be an expert on it. But why I bring it up is Adam Silver has said time and time and time, he said in an, he said in an interview one time about three, four years ago, he said, I've never dealt with more unhappy players than than I do right now and he he you know kind of pointed to social media as being the reason well if you really care about your players mental health and if you really care about John Morant getting whatever help he needs then you do 
keep him suspended, not as a punishment to John Morant, but as a help to John Morant. And oh, by the way, if you're Adam Silver and you just say, you know what, this isn't my space to get into, it's a team decision, they've decided that he's ready to come back, or Ja has, then that's fine. But you have painted yourself as this person that cares about your players, cares about the people in this league, it's more than just basketball, then put your money where your mouth is. Because to your point, Dan, this makes it very clear that either he doesn't care or he solely wants John Morant back to boost ratings, to boost TV, to boost interest because of this off-the-court situation. If you really care about these people like you claim, Adam Silver, don't let him come back yet, not because you want to punish him, but because you actually want to help him. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us. 
ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah Yeah Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code Gottlieb for a special offer when you sign up. That's code Gottlieb only at DraftKings Sportsbook. We're going to break down... Uh, and get the breakdown of what happened to Virginia in their uh, upset loss to Furman and how you handle those situations. Uh, Scott Spinelli, former coach, now college basketball analyst, going to join us in about five minutes. Um, I do want to say that today is the uh, nine-year anniversary of a very, very special moment in March Madness. Um, he's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer to break down what happened in the later seconds of that Furman victory over Virginia and so much more. He's the host of the Breakdown on Belief podcast. Former coach Scott Spinelli joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Let's let's get to this this breakdown here. Kihei Clark has the turnover uh, late for Virginia. They have a timeout. He's trapped in the corner. What are you telling your guys to do in that situation? I, I, I'm sure Tony Bennett would like to tell Kihei Clark something else, but he's such a veteran player, you would hope that he would know what to do in that situation. Where did Kihei Clark go wrong today for Virginia? Well, first of all, uh, you know, you have to feel bad for, for the kid and obviously uh, the entire Virginia team, right? I mean, these are kids and they're not perfect and they make mistakes. So that's the first thing I, I just want to make sure that, you know, we're clear because there's no way can you put the blame, you know, on that one play, right? There were so many plays throughout the game they could have made, including free throws. But again, in that situation, you have the ball, you have a timeout. Look, you know, the, the, the worst thing that should happen is a jump ball, maybe it's a 10-second violation, uh, or as a coach, you're probably going to look to try to get that timeout. But, you know, again, you know, Kia's been around so long, and you really trust them. And, look, you know, the poor kid made a bad decision, and it's really unfortunate that that, that happened, and then obviously Furman took advantage of it. Coach, I want to <clears throat> – he spent a lot of time in the ACC um, – you know, rather than focus on the negative, I want to focus on the positive. What is it that allows Virginia to have so much success in the regular season? We know that in the tournament, the margins are so small, win, win or go home. But why is it that they're so dominant over the course of the regular season? Well, what Virginia does game to game is they have this identity, as we all know it to be, and that is their defense. And what happens is when you shoot a shot against Virginia – so if you're playing against the University of Virginia and uh, or excuse me, you're on defense and Virginia shoots you know, the ball, they send three, sometimes three and a half guys back on defense. So what happens is the opposition, who if let's say it's a miss or even a make and you want to get the ball and bounce quickly or you want to get out on a miss and run, you can't do it. They just don't give any easy baskets because they're sending so many guys back in transition. And because of that now, they make you play in the half court. You know, oftentimes you're going to get late into the shot clock, so they limit possessions. And so pretty much they, they get you playing their style. 
And again, you know, when you're talking about uh, possession games and then obviously a team like Virginia, it wears on you mentally also. <laughs> I mean, you know, here's a team that methodically will run that move a blocker. They'll run three game series with three guys in a random triangle set. Um, and so they'll do a lot of different things offensively where they have no problem at playing um, late into the clock themselves. And then you've got to go down there and try to score against them. Uh, so I think that's what Season. Scott Spinelli, Coach Spinelli, as we like to call him, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byers, sitting in for Doug Gottlieb here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, Scott, the host of the Breakdown on Believe podcast. Kansas is pulling away from Howard, but they're doing so without Bill Self. Um, how, how much of a storyline could this be without their head coach? Obviously, had the health problems, uh, didn't end up coaching um, the latter part of the Big 12 tournament, now not there today. How much could this play on Kansas's hopes of repeating as national champions? Well, look, uh, anytime Coach Self, uh, you know, again, is not on the sideline, I mean, that's, that's obviously a huge loss just because, he, you know, he's so good at what he does and he's done it for so many years. Um, but with that said, look, you know, Coach Norm Roberts uh, has been around Coach Self for so long, so there's a, a lot more of a continuity and a comfort of, a comfort for the kids knowing that, you know, Coach Roberts' voice is, is synonymous with Coach Self in terms of being around the program so long. Um, but look, I mean, all these one seeds in this year's tournament, I've never seen an NCAA tournament with this many storylines behind the one seeds. You've got Alabama all kinds of distractions. Let's see what happens when they hit adversity. Obviously, Kansas not having Coach Self, the Hall of Famer, one of the best coaches ever to coach the game. Uh, you know, right now, questionable in terms of his return. And then you've got Purdue, again, you know, those young guards, they haven't had that success deep into the tournament. Um, you know, they're going to be tested. And then, you, you know, you talk about Houston. Is Sasser healthy? If he's healthy, I think Houston's the most complete team. But is he healthy? And that was exactly what I was about to follow up with, Coach, because there's so many questions about the health of a coach, the health of players, obviously Alabama. Just who are some of the teams that, that you do like to make a deep run? I know you broke it all down on your podcast, but for people who haven't had a chance to listen to the latest episode, just who are some of the teams that you think are built for deep runs here? Look, I think right now Duke is a team that, again, they're playing so well. Um, they've got a, the perfect team in terms of, uh, versatility and skill. So oftentimes you come from those power five conferences and you have those big centers that when you play against a smaller team or a team that goes small ball, it's a little harder to match up. But Duke has shown that they can play different styles of play. They're playing with great confidence. Um, you know, obviously right now coming off the ACC tournament champion, they're going to be playing, um, you know, again with a swag to them. And they probably are a little slighted with that seed, right? I mean, getting a five seed. Um, I think they're going to be really motivated. Um, look, I, I like Miami. Look, I said all along I thought Drake was a real sleeper team. I, you know, my sons played Division One. One of them plays at Evans so as a freshman. I saw the Valley up close, and Drake has 4,000-point scores in their starting lineup. Two are 25 years old. One's 24, one's 23. So they're really um, an older team, and their best player is 20, Tucker DeVries. So, but, again, they got a tough matchup against the Miami team who finishes the number one seed in the ACC, um, and, and, and they got a five seed. So I, I just think that those teams are going to be extra motivated to go on a run. I actually look around. I, I think Creighton is a very dangerous team here. They're getting healthy. I, I, I do think there's going to be uh, some teams that maybe nobody kind of thought 
that are going to get hot at the right time that have favorable matchups. But look, my team, if, if again, if Houston was healthy, I really liked Houston. Um, but look for Duke, look for Miami, look for Creighton. Um, and I think those three teams in particular, I think, can, can get there. Scott Spinelli joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, host of the Breakdown on Believe podcast. Are you a believer that the first four can can make momentum for a team? Like, do you think do you think Pitt and Arizona State maybe will have something when they take the court tomorrow, or or aren't you a believer in that? I absolutely do. I think as a coach, I think again, and, and as a player, I'm sure you guys think back to when you were playing. Um, you have the toughest game to win in any postseason tournament or any conference tournament uh, is your first game. And again, I think once you get it the jit is out and you have a little confidence and you have some comfort to you. Um, you know, you have that feeling of what it felt like to win, um, the connectivity with your teammates, the camaraderie amongst the guys in the locker room after a, a postseason or a conference tournament win. I think it makes a huge difference, guys. And I think Arizona State, I mean, they played suffocating defense last night. I mean, as much as, you know, they Nevada, you know, maybe turned it over, a lot of it had to do with Arizona State. They were really impressive last night. So, to your point, I do think it helps by winning that first game. Coach, just, you know, kind of a random question, but but obviously all sorts of game times and this and that. I mean, there, there's some teams that still have probably another, you know, what, seven, eight hours before they take the floor. How do you keep a team fo- – you know, if I'm looking right now, like UCLA plays what is likely the final tip-off of the night – how do you, as Mick Cronin, kind of keep your guys engaged? Because you watch a Virginia, you know, you watch a Kansas struggle to open things up, and, and I'm sure it probably gets into kids' heads. How do you keep the main thing the main thing over the course of a day where, again, in a lot of cases you might not be tipping off till 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night? Well, look, most all teams, I mean, look, as a coach, you know, you have a routine, right? And these games are considered uh, – you're not at home, so you're on the road technically – and basically your routine is going to be that of, of a typical road game for the most part, meaning this. You're going to have pregame, uh, excuse me, you're going to have breakfast in the morning as a team. Um, you're probably going to do some film either prior to breakfast or right after breakfast. Um, from there, you probably go up to your room for a little bit, and then you're going to probably go over to a shoot-around, um, whether it's a local high school, whether it's uh, whether you do it in the ballroom at the hotel, you walk through some things. Um, but you're getting the kids active. They're not staying, you know, sitting in their rooms watching television. Uh, then you'll come back. You'll probably have a, a light lunch or so, um, and then maybe even some more film, or they'll go rest for a little bit, an hour or two, and then they'll come back down, do a pregame meal, more film. Um, and then they'll you know, kind of get ready to play from there. But I, I just don't think there's a lot of downtime. Yes, the kids will be in their rooms. But for, as a coach on the road at this level, um, you, know, you understand that you, you know, you're trying to get your guys as focused, get any advantage you can between film work, walkthrough, et cetera. Um, but, again, I, I don't think the coaches are really worried about the kids being distracted because they're so busy. It's the greatest day. Tomorrow is great as well, but it's so great when the first full day of the tournament happens. Coach, we love having you on. Love the analysis and enjoy uh, the rest of uh, day one of this NCAA tournament. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great day. Coach Scott Spinelli, host of the Breakdown on Believe, former coach and now basketball analyst. Still overpaying for a razor in this economy? Gross. With Dollar Shave Club, you can get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. Dollar Shave Club is available at a store near you in the men's razor aisle. That's it. That's the ad. I told you, uh, Aaron, that it's the nine-year anniversary of something in the NCAA tournament. Do you, do you know what happened nine years ago? Maybe not to the exact date, but on this day. 
All I know is nine years ago, my alma mater won the championship. Yes. So okay. I don't know if this is tied into me being the host today or not, so I, I can't even venture to guess what it might uh, be. Nine years ago, on this Thursday of the NCAA tournament, Ohio State had played a tough game against Dayton, only to have uh, a shot um, at the end not fall for the Buckeyes, and the Dayton Flyers win in an upset uh, over the six-seeded Buckeyes, so the 11-seeded Flyers uh, move on while my cheering uh, interest is now done. And what do I see from across the glass? John Ramos absolutely jumping up and down as Aaron Kraft is laying on the floor as his college career has come to an end because John Ramos picked Dayton in that game. And then I proceeded to be like, well, John is really excited uh, really excited. He must have them going to the uh, Elite Eight, maybe even just had them to the Final Four. John Ramos, how many games did you have Dayton winning in your bracket nine years ago? It would be they would lose in the next game. Yes, he, he, <laughs> he earned one point. So it was worth the one point to just rub it in my face that Ohio State was not going to be able to advance Aaron Torres because John's bracket was able to be circled instead of the X. That was nine years ago to this. I remember it vividly. Obviously. I, yes. Yes. Apparently and, you do too, Ramos. I mean, you knew well, right I did, well, I, Aaron, once he started going and then I started to realize, okay, it's the Ohio State game. I knew, right? Yeah, I didn't get it to the beginning, but then I figured it out as we get going. Yes, you know, and John's got the arms in the air as they're shaking. Yes, Dayton, Dayton moves on. And I I really tried to give him the benefit of the doubt because John and I are friends and we've been friends for a long time that, you know, this was was John's upset pick only to have them losing on Saturday in the NCAA (laughs) tournament. So he would rather just have the one point that he got for the win than my uh, happiness. Actually, it really wasn't even happiness, Aaron. It was just the 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 miserable feeling that your team lost and is done in the tournament. There is there is something there is something about that. Jason Stewart, our executive producer, is here. The story only really confirms what I've been I've been thinking about for quite some time now. I spend a lot of time with John. Uh, he's got two personalities. It one is the overwhelmingly positive, sweet, kind man. And then there's a selfish John that, that pops up every <laughs> once in a while. Um, and I I'm, I'm think I'm going to call that John uh, Whiffer. Oh, Short okay. for what's in it for Ramos. Uh, so, so anytime he does something like that, Whiffer has emerged. Oh, the Whiffer. Like the softball rainouts that he, he, he clogged our brakes with, with, his, with his complaints of his softball rainouts. That was such a Whiffer thing because we didn't care. I just thought, you know, I know that he's deep embedded in the Mountain West beat. I thought maybe he was covering the Mountain West or the A-10. I thought he was the A-10 insider at that point in his Fox Sports radio. You know, it would be like last year when didn't UConn lose to New Mexico State? Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the the first game. If him just landing a DX chop right as the buzzer (laughs) hits and UConn's eliminated and moves. Like, this was a buzzer beater as well. So it was, you know, right at the, you know, Ohio State had a chance, but it it didn't, you know, it didn't fall. But, yeah, right as the buzzer sounds, just right in your face. So we celebrate the 10-year anniversary. We're going to have to get T-shirts or hats of this maybe for next year. (laughs) Ah, the 10-year anniversary. Okay. Yes, uh, there it is. All right. There's John Ramos. There's Jason Stewart. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. In for Doug Gottlieb today. Traveling for college hoops this year? Pro tip, stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball. Just 
like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni, nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns, and get this, you can save up to 30% off with the code Doug. That's my name, Doug. Good at any graduate hotel location, anytime up to 30% off. So, here's what you do. Book your stays at graduatehotels.com. That's graduatehotels.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.